Welcome back to Champs Corner. Today is May the 2nd, 2021. Today's podcast will be talking about this year's NFL Draft. I'm excited to have my good friend back with us um, from before, Drew Ragsdale. Drew, thanks for being back with me on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me today. So we're just going to jump right in and, and look at some teams and, and just kind of dissect how they did, who did well, who didn't do well, what we liked, what we didn't. And we're just going to start right at the top with um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, they had the top pick, and we knew everyone knew in the last few weeks that they were going to take Trevor Lawrence. It was a no-brainer. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on what you think about Jacksonville, um, just as we get started, what you think of Lawrence and so forth. Well, I mean, it was going to be a pretty obvious pick. I think the first the first pick was a done deal. Nobody was really surprised by that. And after that, you know, there were some questions of who people would pick. Uh, Trevor Lawrence probably has the – he's the safest pick of all of them. You know, playing on a big stage, Clemson, uh, winning national championship his freshman year. And um, only losing, I think, only lost four, three games maybe. While he was at Clemson, so yeah, I don't uh, think he lost a regular season game. No, and just um, he was starting. You can't count the Notre Dame game because he was <laughs> starting. Right. So, um, yeah, he was definitely uh, no surprise there that they took him. I kind of hate it for the Colts because you know he's going to be another big quarterback in the league. You know he can run, he can pass, um, he can do everything, and he's really he could have come out his freshman year and been a, a top five pick. Um, he was pretty much just, you know, a sure thing from the get-go. Um, he's a five-star recruit out of high school. Doesn't really have any big weaknesses. I mean, they get nitpicky about his game, but, I mean, he was awful I mean, awful to play against as an Notre Dame I mean, fan. He can do everything. He can run. He can, he's accurate. He's big. Yeah, there's nothing nothing that he lacks. There's no, no real weaknesses in his game. And he's surprisingly pretty fast. Like, he can yeah. – um, he's a – I wouldn't say quick, but once he gets going with speed, he's a lot faster than his 40 – because right. he strides, so yeah, yeah, it was a good pick for them. Obvious pick. Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of looking at uh, looking at the rest of their draft. They took a, a running back there from Clemson, Etienne, who's a, an explosive back, and I was a little surprised by that, just because James Robinson had a very very good rookie year for them. But it kind of makes sense as I kind of read along that uh, you know Robinson was more of a he's a, a steady back, but he didn't have a lot of explosive runs, and they wanted somebody as maybe a change of pace for Robinson and. And someone that was, you know, maybe the big deep threat, you know, to make to break one. So Etienne's more of that kind of kind of a running back. So I think it probably just got to a point where they're like, we can't pass on this kind of talent. They liked him. Yeah. And then next looks like they went to offensive tackle, which obviously that's a no-brainer to protect Lawrence. And then after that, it, just a string of defensive players. And uh, yeah, they um, Etienne, you know, that's a you know teammate. Lawrence, so that probably helped too. So there'll be some chemistry there. Um, you know, I got to watch Clemson a lot this year just because Notre Dame was in the conference. They were in the ACC. Right. And, uh, and he was a guy that they did kind of shut him down one game, but he was tough. Uh, he was such a home run threat. He was always scary when he got the ball. Um, you really had to hit him behind the line. Once he got through that first wave, then he was really dangerous. So, I mean, it, it's a good – once again, I hate it for the Colts because it's just one more <laughs> – Weapon they're going to have. Jacksonville was pretty bad. Yeah, and they you know they got a lot of picks, a lot of high picks. It's not surprising that the second half of the draft they went all deep because they really yeah. had trouble stopping people. Yeah, they're still not going to be. I don't think they're going to be really that good next year. But 
you know, in time, they may be a rival for the Colts. I think year two, you'll see a jump with yeah. them. Next year, like you said, I think they'll take their take their lumps and be learning and growing. But I think, and then they have Urban Meyer. I think that doesn't hurt having Urban Meyer. No. Um, I think I think if he be, stays with them, yeah, if he, he stays with them, <laughs> but I think he he's a good coach. So I think I think they did really well. Honestly, yeah. I give them a slam dunk. Obviously, um, throughout the draft. Well, let's talk next about our our local team, the Indianapolis Colts. I know you're passionate about the Colts and. Uh, I'll just uh, let you talk about what you thought of them and, and put my thoughts in there, too. I, um, I you know, I thought about it. I, I wasn't initially pleased with the draft, but then I've, I've read a little bit more about the players, and um, I guess I feel a little different. I've listened, listened to some podcasts by some other uh, analysts for the Colts, and I guess they were only going to take a tackle if the guy they really wanted fell to them, and I don't think that happened. Whoever they had their eye on, got picked. So I was thinking they'd pick Darishaw, but I guess he wasn't rated as high as they thought, and they went with an edge, which they, they needed an edge. And I, I wasn't unhappy with the, the first pick with a pay, with pay. High character guy. I mean, that's what Ballard wants. He doesn't want, like, Steelers players are always troublemakers. <laughs> They're always prima donnas. A lot of talent, but then there's problems with that. And he always picks guys that are good stories. Like the pay came from, like, Africa, he, uh, his mom was a refugee here, and it's kind of a heartwarming story. Good character guy, hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, good. I don't like to say locker room guy, but he's a good locker room guy. Because usually when you say locker room guy, that means they, they suck. <laughs> or they have all the intangibles. But he does have a lot of talent. Uh, ran a great 40. His three-cone his three cone drill was better than most receivers in this draft. It was like a 6-3-2 second three-cone, which was like unbelievably... One of the fastest ever. So he's really quick, quick footed. So they're just going to have to work with him, technique. Michigan, he didn't get the numbers that you'd expect with his talent. But from what I've read, Michigan didn't utilize him always as a pass rusher. He also could do the run stopping. So it's kind of what they're asked of. Michigan never really puts out sack masters. <laughs> right. So it, it kind of depends on the scheme. So, I mean, Colts know what they're doing. I mean, they've got, they know how to pick. So. I was okay with that pick. The second round was where I kind of I wasn't as happy with that pick. Um, they went defensive end again, and I didn't really know much about this guy from Vanderbilt. Um, I guess he tore his Achilles uh, tendon, which was a kind of a warning sign for me because that's a that's a bad injury. Yeah, it is. And um, I. I I kind of was wanting us to take another tackle, so I didn't, I didn't foresee them doing this. He wasn't graded. I, they said before the injury he was a first round grade. After the injury, a lot of analysts had him graded as a fourth rounder. Right. So they're taking a big um, chance on Deo. Uh, I can't. His last name is Odabingo, I think. Um, Sounds right. But he's another one, high character guy. Um, Hard worker. They call him the Human Hurricane. Uh, I watched some highlights of him, and he was when he was you know healthy, he was disruptive. He actually stopped the year early to train for the draft. And that's where he tore his Achilles. So it was you know he didn't tear it in a game. It was actually training. But um, you know if he's healthy, if he gets back, you know he could be a good one. But I just kind of hate that we have to wait a year. Yeah. I mean it's it, it's risky at the second round yeah, spot. I want them to play now, you know, and then. Of course, we didn't have a third rounder because the Wentz trade, which was, you know, fine. And then fourth rounder, 
fifth rounder. We got, you know, safety tight end. The tight end guy is more of a pass catcher. He's not really a blocker. So I think they were using him as maybe an option when they want to go deep. Uh, I think he ran like a four, four, five, eight, four, six, forty. So he was pretty fast. I was hoping they'd take Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame. So I was a little right. disappointed. But Tremble went early. Tremble went in the second round. He had a really good pro day. Well, me, me and you talked about this earlier. We, we really also wanted them to maybe focus on a receiver. You know, obviously they got Michael Pittman, who was a good, good draft. I think he's going to be a good one. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this, but you know, Hilton just isn't what he used to be. No, you know, he's had a lot of injuries. He just he's not getting separation. I, I think they missed missed the, missed the ball on that. They yeah, needed a, a receiver. It was a really good receiver class. And they, they just ignored it for. I mean, I think one analyst said he had eight guys that had first round grades this year as receivers that were blue chip receivers. Right. And like we didn't grab grab any of them. Right. Uh, I think we, that was a big mistake. We took a guy really late, a guy from. Charleston College. Yeah. It was a Division two, and he was dominant. He was six five. I mean, he looked great on film, but he's playing against really bad. <laughs> yeah. And I guess he had a pro day at Virginia Tech, and they said of all the uh, guys, you know, obviously Virginia Tech players were there. They said he looked the best of anybody at the pro day. So I mean, there's once again upside. He's fast, big, but then you know it's, it's a seventh round pick receiver. I mean, those guys are developmental. We yeah. just we just do so much developmental stuff, and I feel like. And Rick Venturi, I was so glad that he said this. I, and I, I said this to you yesterday, and we had a you know a conversation about yeah. it. When you, I don't really like trading back always, and, and that's something Ballard likes to do is trade back or, or not mm -hmm. trade up, right? Because he wants to get these solid players, these guys yeah. that are good. And the problem is, and, and Rick Venturi said exactly what I said, and I've been saying it made me feel good because he's been a coach in the league for thirty five years. So he right. know he knows what he's talking about, and. He said the problem with doing that is you get a core, solid group of guys, but you need playmakers to win in this league. You've got to have guys that are game changers. And I don't feel like you ever get game changers when you are always trading back just to get more picks. Because you get a lot of picks, and you get, but then you end up getting a lot of role players. And we still need more playmakers on the team. Well, and like we said we said this yesterday when we were talking, that India is a, is a playoff team right now. Like you said, we need they need players right now. Because they're in the hunt, and then and then why yeah why would you draft a bunch of developmental players when you're like you said you need players right now because you're in contention to to make that next jump. Well, and they say that even trading back to the second round, the best GMs usually have a fifty two percent success rate in the second round with impact players, and that's about right for the Colts. So you think about all the second round picks Ballard's had, Darius Leonard, Braden Smith, um, Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor. You know he's had some. Successes there. It's four really good successes. I Taylor went in the first. No, he went in the second. In the second. He did okay. trade up in the second to get him. Ah, okay. So those are four good ones. But then you think about the bad ones he's had in the second <laughs> round. Trey, which is hasn't panned out yet. He was injured. Um, we had Ben Bagano. He's not done anything. Um, Rock Yassine. So it's about right. About 50, right. 50, yeah, 50, about, 50. About, about and 50, some of these guys are they're, they're not there yet. But initially, fifty percent. Okay, you go down to the third and fourth round. So. When he wants to get a bunch of late picks, so you trade down and you pick up maybe fifth rounders, sixth rounders, those are like less than 5% pan out to be starters. So my question is why trade out to get a bunch of guys that low probability they're going to start? Maybe they're special teams players, but you can't win just by always drafting late. You've got to take some chances like what the Bears did, you know, and um, go after your guy. And that that's my biggest problem with trading down. And, you only really do it if you think you can get somebody equal with your next pick. 
Yeah. So it really depends on how your scouts grade players. True. Very good. Moving on, my 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 team that I live and die with, the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, going into the draft, they had the tenth pick, and there was a lot of talk about them getting a corner. And obviously, the top two corners went, uh, you know, went right before us. Obviously, Denver snatched up Patrick Sertan, who I wanted. I really yeah. like Patrick Sertan. Um, but it's not it's not surprising. Denver seems to take corners early in in their their drafts. It seems to be their recent history. Um. But, you know, then we got Micah Parson, and, you know, at first I just wasn't sure when you first asked me, but then, you know, I saw his reaction, how happy he was, and then talking about being a Dallas fan all his life, and, and then, just, and then just, just hearing more and more about him. And, you know, they've, they've talked about him being the, possibly the top defensive player in the draft. So, yeah. And then you look, at, you look at Dallas's run defense last year. It's the worst they've ever had, and it was – the second worst in the league. They couldn't stop anybody. I mean, they gave up 300-yard rushing games to teams. And this guy, I mean, that's he's built for stopping the run, and he can get to the quarterback. So yeah. I end up really loving the pick after I thought about it a while. I'm very happy with that. Obviously, the next few picks, it's just kind of, I'm not sure. That's the way I felt about it. You know, they picked a guy from UCLA, a, a edge rusher, which they do need. They need someone to help Trevor Lawrence on, or Trevor Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, the other Lawrence, uh, on the line, and so, um, you know, I thought it was decent, and then they picked another guy from Iowa, which is kind of, to me, an unknown, another defensive player. They did take a couple corners, which I think is good, because they missed on, you know, they missed on a couple early they just that the, they couldn't get to. So I don't think it was a, necessarily a bad idea to dr- trade down with Philly, let Philly go up to 10th, since yeah. the two guys they wanted. And, uh, I mean, but it's like, I am happy they took defense, because their defense was embarrassing last year. I mean, they're pretty much their whole draft. It was just defense, 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 and I'm happy about that. And like we were, you were just saying, you know, 50 percent of, of of those second rounders, and and you know, I don't know what the percentage is as you go into the third, fourth, fifth. They say it drops off dramatically after like midway through the third. I like mean, just the, the odds are. My thought is, you just kind of hope that some of them pan out. I don't know what your thoughts are on Dallas. Let you talk a little bit about what you thought Dallas did. Well, I think I mean they obviously Jerry Jones. Um, of course, you know, when you watch the news, you're going to always see Dallas because national media loves to talk about Dallas. They do. Um, so I know a lot about them only because in terms of sports center, it's all you hear is Dallas, Dallas, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas. I was so sick of hearing about Dak, Dak, oh, what I... Dak ate for breakfast, what Dak was going to do, what they're going to do with Then after they finally signed him, we had to hear a week of how great the con, you know, how much the contract was. We hear that for a week, and then what we could do to make Dak happy? Are they going to take a receiver? Are they going to take a you know, Jerry Jones flirted with taking Kyle Pitts, which that wasn't going to happen where they were picking. No, but he talked about it, which everybody said you know that's, that's a bad idea because they they got to go defense. So they went linebacker, cornerback, tackle. Defensive tackle, that is. Defensive end, cornerback, linebacker. So they went super defensive heavy in this draft. Um, they had to because, like, I think I heard somebody say, if they take Kyle Pitts, let's say they traded up to get him, they're still going to lose every game 55 <laughs> to 57 because their defense is so bad. Exactly. And I wasn't sold in the DAC deal. I thought they really – I think they overspent. <laughs> They, they absolutely did, unfortunately. So, that's just the way the, so the, they market, needed, the market yeah. was. But And they needed picks. They needed a lot of picks because, you know, when you have picks, they get the rookie deal, which is cheap. 
And they had, let me see, I'm going to count the year I'll just one. tell you, in the second and third round, they had four picks, which was nice. They had 11 picks in yeah, this draft. Yeah, it's good. So they needed the picks because they're going to have to go cheap because they've tied up, kind of like the Colts have with Manning, they tied up a lot of money in one player. Yeah. And, I mean, Dak is not, he's not an elite quarterback yet. Maybe he could be. But for that money, I don't know. I thought that was a little bit, a little too much to spend on a guy. But then, you know, I mean. Well, yeah, what I thought was they just got stuck. That He was he was better than what they were going to get. I mean, and, and, you know, it's a risk. You you know, you, if you don't sign him and you try to you get he, you get a Mac Jones or you get somebody or Justin Fields, I mean, that's that's actually something they could have done. They could have done. Justin fell all the way to 11th. Dak, um, Dak did it. He had them bent over the table on yeah. this one. And they didn't. I think my brother even said that. Uh, my brother's a huge Dallas fan, and he, he was not happy with the Dak thing, but he said Dak had us he had us where he wanted us. Yep. He's not a bad guy. It's not like he's a he's a nice guy, but, you know, he wants money. I mean, their careers are short. He's going to try to get as much as he's going to get, and I think they overspent. So yeah, I, I still, though, I really hope he does well. I mean, I really would like him to succeed. I mean, they the club, the they like him. I mean, he's a leader for them. He's a high-character guy. I think I heard a coach say that when they scouted him in college, because I think when you go to Texas A&M or Mississippi State, he went somewhere. He went Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. They said that when they had he came to their like, oh, high school kids came there for a like, camp, and they said that he wasn't really that good, wasn't really fast. But they said his attitude was just off the charts, and they thought you know if his attitude continues, we're going to give him another look. And then they said when they brought him in with all these high school all stars that Dak. Was leading everything naturally. All the, I mean, these guys are all leaders, but they said he was leading the weight room, and that really they saw something back then in him that he had really good leadership skills because he was the alpha male out there. So they took you know they took him to that college. Obviously, he did well, got drafted by the Cowboys, and so yeah, the intangibles are there. It's just the stats are misleading with him because a lot of it's junk. Yeah, stats, especially so. the year before he got hurt. It was all his stats looked good, but they were during like you said when they were way behind and had to come back. Yeah. So he definitely has room for improvement, and my thought is with their offense, though, with the offensive weapons they do have, if their defense can just be average, they ought to be able to win that division. They're in a weak division. They ought to be able to win the division next year if they stay healthy. Well, who's their backup quarterback now? Do they even have any Dalton <laughs> well, they had left. Andy Dalton. He's gone. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. even know if they have one. <laughs> I yeah, because when, you know, when they had Andy Dalton, I kind of feel like, even when Dak got hurt and Dalton went in, it was kind of like a Steve Young, Joe Montana situation. There wasn't really a big difference, at least from what I saw, because Dalton wasn't a bad quarterback. He's not bad. But there really wasn't that much of a difference when Dalton played. I don't know. You know, I just that, that's what – Dak just didn't win the big games. He beat the people that were terrible. Yeah. But there's big games. I just didn't – I don't know. You, I didn't, know, so you know, and maybe now that he's got his money and he's calm and, and he's not worried about that, maybe now he'll – I mean, they've got he'll take the, a jump to to do what he needs to do. They've got great receivers. To me, he, he thinks he's worth it. Now he needs to show us. That's, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not totally sold, but maybe he'll maybe he'll prove us wrong. He's got and, good receivers, good yep. running back. He's got, got the talent yep. around him. So, so we'll see. Yep. Uh, next, we'll look at the New York Jets. They're a lot like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Been, had a rough go of it. Um, things obviously didn't work out with Sam Darnold. We know he was traded because they just were done with him. Whatever whatever project they were going to look at with him, it wasn't working. And the Jets uh, obviously had a lot of picks, just like Jacksonville. They took Zach Wilson out of BYU. So, uh, big arm, very successful um, with the second pick. Uh, I do like that they took a quarterback. They had to take one. They seemed excited. 
usually in the draft, you know this from watching the draft, it seems like no matter who the Jets take in the first round, you hear a a lot of boos. We didn't get that this year, yeah. which was kind of kind of odd. We're just used to the Jets booing what yeah. they do. Um, I like that they took an offensive lineman there, a, a strong one there, uh, to protect him. They took a receiver uh, in Moore, who's dynamic. Um, then they loaded up on on defense. So I I was really happy with the Jets on what they did. I, I'm usually critical of them in general. A lot of a lot of years, it's like, what are they doing? But this year, I feel like they had the right mindset of what they were doing. What are your thoughts on the Jets? Well, they're they're such a lousy, lousy team, <laughs> like a lousy team. So. Um, they needed the picks. I'm not really, I don't know, I'm not sold on Zach Wilson. Um, once again, he played BYU Mountain Conference. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, he looked good, made good reads, smart. I, I don't think he's as much of a shoe-in as Trevor Lawrence. But no. he, he definitely can be good. I just, he can be a bust. And he has a chance to be a bust. And especially on a really bad team. Um, I think Frank Gore's the running back. Or, <laughs> Is he going to still play? I think, I think so. Is that guy going to retire? Father Time hasn't even... I'm ready for him to retire. He's, he's drinking the same smoothies that Brady's drinking. <laughs> Tom Brady gave him the, the smoothies. They both but, have uh, the fountain of youth. Yeah, what's funny is sure. that Frank Gore tore both of his ACLs in college, and I never thought, of all the people tearing both knees up, he's never going to make it. The guy is strong. And the guy is... Not he is got, a freak of nature. He has not gotten hurt. He has played solid. It, it, yeah, it he's had very few injuries. They must have put titanium in those tendons or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Both tendons have titanium because he, like, he's, he's not gotten hurt at all in the pros. But uh, the uh, yeah the Jets, they're going to be bad for a while just because they they just that organization um, it was so toxic too with their their old coach. Um, so maybe it'll be different with a new coaching staff. I think the environment was really bad, and you know it's New York. A lot of people like to play there. Um, I remember back in the '80s when Jets were they call them the New York Sack Exchange, but they you know they haven't had so, Benny Testaverde was like the last you know well they had the the run with. Mark Sanchez and, and Rex yeah. Ryan for two years. Sanchez, yeah, that, it wasn't really. It was not really that much about Mark Sanchez. It was the defense and the other yeah, aspects. Sanchez, but he, he was he was serviceable at that time. Vinny Testaverde was probably the last solid quarterback they've had yeah. on a run. True, um, and he wasn't you know he yeah. wasn't elite, but he was you know definitely decent. Pennington was another one that was decent. He could have been good, but he got hurt. I, he got I really hurt did like. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Kind of remind me of Matthew McConaughey. Every time I saw him <laughs> out there, but he he was a guy that. I think really could have been a good player, um, really smart. Injuries threw him off. So we'll see with Zach Wilson. You know, I'm seems like a nice guy. I've watched interviews. Um, it's like Jacksonville situation. It's going to take probably at least a year to just get get them going, and then maybe maybe year two, like you said, you start seeing. We'll see. Yeah, because well, it depends on the coaching staff, yeah, the yep. culture. Right. Yep. Very good. Moving on to the Chicago Bears, another local team. So we know that the Bears traded up to get uh, their quarterback. And, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of debate going on with the five quarterbacks that were in and the top five that we know about. And Justin Fields, I think at the start of the college season, there was even talk of him being right up there with Lawrence. And I wanted to get your thoughts on, on him and the Bears, what you think about Fields and what you think happened, and why, why do you think he fell so far? I think, okay, the Bears, first of all, I think they had one of the best, just one of the best drafts they've had in a while. And, and, the, and the GM really... So, uh, Mr. Pace, he really had to do something because you know he blew it with Trubisky, and yeah. he's got to. This has got to work out, or he's he's going to be out. I think, but uh, they were very aggressive, and they they had it. They had to take a chance because right now they don't have 
much there. Quarterbacking's always been trouble. You have to have a strong arm to play for the Bears because it's called the Windy City. It's it is windy there, and that's why I don't think um, I don't think that Mac Jones. Some people wanted him. I don't know that his arm strength would have been good for that environment. Right. Uh, he also isn't very fast, and with the Bears, their line's a little shaky. So you need someone that can create, uh, have more time to throw. So. I like that they moved up and got Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields was given a lot of flack that he probably didn't deserve. Um, he had a great year prior to this one. I mean, he was a top, maybe even a top pick overall, they were saying. You know, he was going to be that good. I mean, through, I think, close to 40 touchdowns or so that year. And there was a big drop-off last year. Now, he lost two good receivers, you know, Paris Campbell and the other guy that went to the Redskins, I believe. Right. So, two top receivers left. Also, we had the pandemic. So, they played six or seven games. And it's really hard for a quarterback to get chemistry when you're playing one week. Then your game gets canceled. A couple weeks go by, you play again. So, this is, this is kind of a mulligan year. I mean, he still didn't play bad, but not near as good as no. he played the year prior. He had a few bad, a few off games where he just didn't look very accurate and... No, that, that hurt. That definitely hurt his stock. Um, but then look what he come back there against Clemson and played yeah. played amazing. Played great. Knocked, knocked out, out, outplayed Trevor outplayed Lawrence. Lawrence. So I mean, like it's possible he could be the second best player in the in the second best quarterback out of the five. But like you said, or he could be like you said where he got drafted. I, I don't I don't know. But I think that you're right. They had to go for a quarterback. They never seem. They never have good quarterbacks. It's never. been their their history to struggle year after year to find a quarterback. And so had to take that chance. You got nothing to lose. You got to do it. You got one that you believe in, so I'm I'm happy for him. I hope he does well. Well, and he, you know, the IU game is what really hurt him. IU picked him off three or four times. <laughs> yeah, you know, he had one bad game. But it wasn't like I IU was. IU, you know, IU, IU was, was, they were number one in interceptions in the country. Yeah, that was their. That was they their were thing. great. And he, you know, he still won the game. They still won the they game. Still but he, but he had, it out. I mean, for God's sakes, he had a bad game. You know, one everybody has a bad game. Yeah, and then so the Bears. I thought, like you said, they had a good draft. They went offensive line. Uh, yeah, they, they needed. They took a couple lines of offensive line yeah. in there after that to to kind of shore things up. And they took a running back. The running back was I wasn't sure about that because I tell you, uh, uh, Montgomery people, came on big last year. Yeah, and this will this will be. I mean, any more you need. Um, he's a backup in case Montgomery gets Cohen, hurt. Cohen got hurt, and any more you got to have four four running backs on a team. I mean, you saw the Colts. You know, you, they yeah. use a lot of running backs, and you know, right. people. Yeah, it's I mean, tough. If you believe in them, I guess it's a good pick, but. But yeah, I think they they did, they did well, well overall, and too. I think I think that they, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Chicago does. I mean, I I, I always kind of root for them uh, outside of the Colts because you know they're kind of close by, and I, I follow them. And well, I'll um, root for them over the Packers. <laughs> my buddy was you since know, I'm a Cowboys fan, I just on principle I can't root for the Packers. <laughs> no, no, it, you know my my friends. I've got several friends that are Bears fans, and they were all fairly happy. I mean, it's exciting when you get a new quarterback. It is. And especially somebody, you know, Fields runs a four, 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 five. He's fast. He can throw. You he's know, so he's very gifted. You know, let's let's hope they uh, let's hope that he can make it there. You know. Yep. All right. Moving on. Another local team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Not the Bengals. A lot of people when I talk to them, they call it, they call them the Bengals. That was a band in the eighties, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. So they're an interesting team because they had. They were in a spot where they had some options, um, and I kind of thought they would go with a top lineman, Sewell, a buddy of mine who's a Bengals fan. He he thought they would as well, and they went receiver, and so 
interesting, but you know, he was he's a great receiver. I mean, he is a a, a burner. He's a he's a playmaker. So they didn't they didn't have a lot of that last year. So I do I guess I understand the pick, and it might work out for him. But I thought they should have taken Sewell. That's just my feeling, but I could be completely wrong. Now they did come back with a lineman in the second round, but I think that's a drop off. Yeah. Um, they took a couple of defensive linemen after that. Another another old line. So I didn't think they did bad. I just thought the first round pick was it. Is it worth it to take a guy? I know they're trying to re- replace AJ Green. That's the big reason they needed someone that a big game player, you know. And so that's kind of my thoughts on Cincy. What are your thoughts on the on the Bengals? Well, I think that I think that Joe Burrow had a lot of influence on this pick because that was his former teammate. Yeah. Because you remember Jamar Chase sat out this year. Mm-hmm, that's right. So his big stats came from you know playing with him. But the problem is, is you have another, um, you know, you have an elite player there. But if the quarterback doesn't have time to throw it to him, it's not going to matter. It's getting, he got hit so much it, last year. I was watching this video. They had um, Joe Burrow. They're interviewing him like last week prior to the draft, and he's sitting there in shorts, and you see this huge scar on his knee as they're talking about players, this huge scar, and I'm thinking, right there, you got to take an offensive lineman. Look at that scar. He's already, you know, he, he got beat up bad last year, and you got, doesn't matter how many receivers you have or how good of a quarterback, if you don't have time to throw, it can ruin your game or make it tough. I mean, just look what happened to Kansas City. Um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's, Unbeatable, one of the best quarterbacks ever. They're saying, you know, and, already. And, and yeah. look, look how bad he looked because he was on his. He got pressured. I think in that game they said he got pressured fifty times. It was fifty. Unbe- it was 50, unbelievable. I don't know if I've not, ever seen you know, a quarterback get pressured that much. Fifty times he got pressured, and how good did he look? And think about Tom Brady when he when he lost the Super Bowls against the Giants both times. What did they have? Good defensive line that could rush, and they they couldn't protect him, and. They won. So if you can't protect your quarterback, yeah, the receiver was a good pick. He he was a top, but they just. I guess if they had a line, I would have been fine with that pick. But they really need the. They could have had the best. Well, the an- tackle yeah, right. The, the analyst said there's a bigger drop off from that lineman to the one they got than from the yeah, receiver they got to some other receivers. We talked about it, it was a deep receiver league. There were eight total. They could have got. They could have got somebody else. And the thing is, is that. Premium, there's there's a premium positions in the NFL, and it's left tackle or right tackle, depending on your quarterback, how he throws, the blind spot, blind side protector, and uh, edge rushers. You don't see too many of those players leaving teams. Teams, they're hard to get. They take time to develop. And to get a really elite one, usually you have to draft them early. So you had a chance to get an elite left tackle to protect your quarterback for years Receivers, every class, you can get a good receiver in the second or third round. You can, but you don't usually get a good left tackle. So I think that that was a. I, I think it was a foolish pick. It was a very Bengals-like pick, in my opinion. The, the Bengals. It seems like they're the Bungles, really. That's what they call them. It seems like they're like the Jets. They just seem to botch they, things when they. The problem is, is I think I don't some, know what some, it is, but some GMs. I mean, it, it is not fun when your team has to draft linemen. It's not exciting, but it's necessary. But it's so necessary. And it, it, it's so I think important. sometimes these GMs, they just love the buzz of getting the skill players. Sure. Skill players is what makes people excited. Like, you know, when they drafted Quentin Nelson, a lot of people didn't get excited for the Colts. I mean, I did, but it's not a sexy pick to pick linemen. And I think, like with Sewell, I sometimes I think they, they draft with their emotions. I don't and know. we'll see if he, you know, he gets sacked another 50 times next year. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. We shall see. Good points. All right, moving on. 
Got to talk about the evil empire that is the New England Patriots a little bit. Um, obviously, it was nice to see them not make the playoffs this past year, and they definitely just fell off. They weren't what they've been. Um, Cam Newton didn't play particularly well. He just didn't look the same. Um, but, you know, in their draft, I thought it was irritating to see Mac Jones fall to them. I like Mac Jones. I think he's probably the fifth best of those group, but I was hoping somebody else might snatch him. I just don't want a good quarterback with the Patriots. I just don't want to see them do well. That's, that's a team I root against. And, you know, they went after that. They went some defense. They went, which was surprising to me. I kind of thought, you looked at their offense, they just didn't have much on offense. No, no, no skill makers, skill, skill players, really. And then they did finally take a running back in the fourth round who's a Sony Michelle type who was, you know, he's been decent. So I guess from that silver line, even though they got Mac Jones, I didn't think they did amazing after that. What are your thoughts on the Patriots draft this year as we continue to look at some of these teams? Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm not as high on Mac Jones as some people. No, it, it This guy, I've got some people that have said, um, oh, analysts I've even heard say that they thought he was one of the best in the class, that he they would have taken him maybe even over Trevor Lawrence. I've heard one guy even say that. But he's not – look at who he had around him. Alabama had like – Eight or nine players go in the top two rounds. All those great receivers, great running back, good line. He was thrown to Ferraris. I mean, I could have I could have played for them with that line. <laughs> and I could have lollipopped some play. I mean, those guys, two receivers, top ten picks you're throwing to. Najee Harris is your back. Um, always have a good offensive line. Their offensive line's always good. So I mean, how much was he a product of a great team? Or how much was it him? Um, how many Alabama quarterbacks do well? I mean, if you remember, oh, they haven't had a ton. If you go back in history, we haven't had a ton of good ones. Who was the quarterback that they had when they won the championship a few years ago? And he went in the third round, I believe. And he was kind of like Mac Jones. He, everybody thought, well, he should go in the first round. He should go in the first Is this round. The he guy that went to Cincy, I can't think. Of yeah, his he name. went to Cincinnati. <laughs> I can't think he, of his um, name right now. I'm just drawing a blank. He. That's okay. Um, you know, he, he was a product of the system. That's kind of what I think with um, Mac Jones is that he just had so much talent to throw to. So I, I'm not real high on him being good. And also, I think you're right. The Patriots have no weapons. I mean, they have no receivers. They, they don't have anything. So they do have running backs. but Yeah, Damien Harris, come on. He's decent. Yeah, but they don't, they don't have anything. They don't have a ton of, they don't have a ton. of explosive players. So I'm kind of happy they didn't take offense. It's like, fine with me. Well, and I don't think that... <laughs> I don't think that I mean Cam Newton. I don't think will play the whole year. I think they're going to get Mac Jones in there. Um, if it goes south, they'll definitely put Mac Jones. Yeah. If they if they start off and they're losing games and not and he's not playing well, he'll definitely get the he'll get the yeah he'll get the he match. won't be playing on week one, but I think he'll eventually get in there because yeah. I, I don't think Newton's going to yeah do it right. All right, moving on. We have the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, a big story this this past week. With we know that Aaron Rodgers has not been happy for a few years now with the Packers. Obviously, last draft, before this one, they drafted a quarterback, moved up to get Jordan Love, so that didn't sit well with Rodgers. And just looking at the history of Aaron Rodgers has been there a long time. We know he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, he's won a Super Bowl, but it's it's a crazy stat to think about that they've never taken a wide receiver in the first round since he's been there. It's just kind of mind-boggling when you think about it. And so he is not happy, and he comes out this week and says, 
I do not want to come back. And so, um, just kind of looking at their draft a little bit here, and then I'll let you kind of talk. They again, they they kept that theme going. They took a, a defensive lineman or a linebacker in the first round. Um, they took a they did finally take a receiver in the third round, who didn't sound like he was that impressive. Um, Packers are a weird drafting team year in and year out. You know, they they like someone else I've talked to. They tend to like to develop players too. They're not one that tends to make big splashes. They'll go line. They'll go. Um, you know, some years I think they need to go defense because they've had trouble on defense, but not really sold on what they did. But again, they're a pretty solid organization, so I don't know that they have a ton of holes to fill. Defense is where they probably need to look. And um, so, what are your thoughts on the Packers draft? But even more so, the Rodgers situation. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen there? Well, he he did um, kind of sounds like he wants to hold out for a trade. And I don't. They they don't want to trade. They him. just said this in the last few days. They're not trading him. Yeah, they don't want. So it could be a problem. He he could just sit out. He doesn't doesn't need the money. He just got. I think he's just got married, right? Or he's engaged. He's engaged. Something. Yes. And uh, he's got other projects. I, I heard too in the in the works. The other things he's doing. So I really think. I think Rogers is a jerk. You know, I mean, I know in the commercials. He I don't like, like him. Seems like a great guy in the commercials. <laughs> I don't care but for him. I think a lot changed when he started dating Danica Patrick. I think it rubbed off on him. Because he all of a sudden became a drama queen. And he got rid of a whole coaching staff. I mean, they fired Mike McCarthy. They fired, the, you know, it was all because of Rodgers. Now, he wasn't happy. They bring in somebody else. He's not happy. And it's, um, I'd be, if I was the Packers, I'd be done with him. I would trade and try to get a lot. Because he's only got probably four or five years left on his, you know, his career. I think he's got three good years. That's my, my opinion, three years. But trade him now. Just trade him now. Get get something out of them, some picks. Eventually, you're gonna have to try to start Jordan Love because I mean you spent all that draft capital to get him. Um, but no, I, I would cut him loose if he doesn't want to play and he's gonna hold out. You might as well get something out of him. It's not worth um, being stubborn. Because um, here's the thought though. I, I, here's my thoughts on Rodgers. I think he's one of the four most talented quarterbacks we have ever had. He can make all the throws. I mean, just amazing quarterback. I do not like the guy. Like you said, he's a bit of a diva. But I kind of side with him a little bit here in the sense that they haven't built around him like they could have. You think they could have probably, if they'd been a little bit more aggressive on building talent in the draft, they might have had another two Super Bowls. Yeah, here's where I think that you're wrong about this. Because, (laughs) um, yeah, they didn't draft receivers, but... That's showing confidence that your quarterback's so good that you don't really have to draft top receivers because he makes the receivers around him good. And also, he needs to shut up. He's not the GM. They, they paid him a lot of money. That's their job is to build a team. And they've been successful. They've had good teams. He's had good stats. They basically got rid of a coach for him. And they I, – I don't get players nowadays. This Bart Starr, Joe Montana – Steve Young, none of these guys would have acted like this. They they did what they were supposed to do. They went in there and they played. They worked hard. But these new age, new age kids, these quarterbacks now, it, it's all this. It's a generational thing where everybody wants to be in charge, and you're the quarterback. You're not the GM. You're not the owner, and you're being well compensated. So you just shut up and play and quit trying to be the coach and the GM. I I, I mean I. 
I side with you from the point that he probably is complaining too much about it, maybe the way he's going about it. He's like Jeff George. He's becoming like a Jeff George. But here, here's a point. Here's a counter to you, what you're saying. It's kind of nice to have a little debate here. Look at what Tampa Bay did. Look at what they did. Why do you think Antonio Brown was signed by Tampa? Because Tom Brady went to the GM and said, we need more playmakers. I mean... You think about all the playmakers they had. They but, have Evans and Godwin, and they brought he brought Gronk back. And he's got Antonio Brown. Why did they won the Super Bowl? Here's the difference, though. Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls. Rodgers has won one. That's a good point. Tom Brady's also a more likable guy, from what I hear from team. I know people don't think that when they watch him on TV. Yeah, but everybody plays with him says they like playing with him. Yeah, but you just said if you're the quarterback, you don't say anything. Now you're, you're kind of you're kind of going back on that with a, Brady. I think he suggested, but I don't think he made a demand like I'm off the team. If you, <sighs> he might have said, "Hey, bring him in. We can be good. Bring it." That's the difference between saying that and saying if I don't get my way, I'm not going to play. Tom Brady would never do that. Here's the point, though. I know it's a fun dispute, but this is if you think about it. This has been going on. Rogers has been there a long time, and he, maybe he didn't say anything for all those years. I, I guess my point is I can sympathize with, hey, give me some more weapons. You know, let's draft a receiver. Maybe he did. Maybe it's well, just, maybe they just ignored him and he's just then, like, I've had enough. Okay, look at him getting, before the receiver problem, getting into the, he got into it with a defensive coach. <laughs> That's true. And they fired the defensive coach. Right. Then he got into it with the head coach. They get rid of the head coach. Then I heard <laughs> that he kind of butt heads with LaFleur when he got there. I mean, it's just seems They've like. They've calmed down. I think him and LaFleur are finally on the same page. But it's like, what's the problem? Like. I just told you what the problem was. No, but, but was. <laughs> what's the problem with the coaches? They're not the ones making the picks, the GM. So why is he getting into it with the... But he's not mad at... The, I think he's he's not mad at the coaches right now. I think he's mad at the GM. And but the he manager. was mad at the last coaching staff. Yeah. And that had nothing to do with the receivers. Yeah, but you see, I know. But. That was because he wasn't getting his way, and he's like the kid that takes his toys and goes home. He doesn't, <laughs> Brady, there's a difference in making a suggestion, like, hey, coach, you ought to take this guy, or hey, you ought to do that. Them demanding it or else. There's a difference. I, I understand. It's a good. And Brady's kind of Brady's not a prima donna. He's kind of no, earned it. He's no. forty freaking forty four years old. He's basically like a coach. Yeah. That's a that's a very. I guess I'll make an exception that when you have a guy that's won seven Super Bowls, been to the Super Bowl nine times, ten times, well, something he, like he that. He won six and and lost three at that point before they got Brown. So yeah. when you have someone has that much clout, he's basically like a coach. Yeah, so I understand. He should have a little say at that age, you know. I don't know. It's an interesting. He, but interesting but you never topic. see him getting in these fights like Rogers, though. I that's mean, true. he he dealt with Belichick for years. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that'd be talk about a hard guy to get along. No with. doubt, no doubt. Good points. All right. Then we had. Let's look at some just a few more picks here within the first round. Let's look at San Francisco. Always an interesting team. Um, they took Trey Lance, which is to me a feel good story of the draft. Think about a guy from North Dakota State. Young guy, he only had 17 starts. Played amazing, but North Dakota State, and he, he becomes the third pick in the draft. I'm really happy for him. I like what I saw from the tape. He is a Mahomes type. He, it looks like he can make all the throws, very athletic. Um, but, man, only 17 starts, and, and you're not playing the competition that, like we talked about with a guy from BYU. Uh, what do you think about what do you think about San Francisco taking Trey Lance? What, what are your thoughts? I, I didn't I didn't like the pick. Um, once again, I'm not too much of a project. I mean, they say mm-hmm. right he was re- recruited as a receiver or something like that, receiver, running back, yes, and then he was. converted to a quarterback. And yeah, I mean he he throws the ball well. They say he's like 
Mahomes. He's he's fast and big and strong. But North Dakota State, you know, I mean, it, not a lot of experience. Played for a small school. Um, it's going to be quite a difference going to the pros, you know. And I, I think he did fall on a really solid team. Usually when a team picks third, you're going to a really bad situation. And he's not. San Francisco is not a bad team. So there he gets lucky because you're going to a team that's got a lot of pieces around, good tight end, good defense. So he's not like he's going to the Jets. Now, I mean, he seems like a nice guy. I, I hear good things about him. I've, I've watched his interviews. Very smart. I hope he does well. I just think I'm going to call it a bust. I, I just predict bust, you know. Yeah, well, it's possible. I mean, these quarterbacks, you know, okay, there are five good quarterbacks this it's year. It's hard for all of them to be successful. You know good and well two to three out of these five are going to be bust. Just, statistically, just statistically, yeah, statistically the average, and, we don't know, but yeah, odds are yes. And there's a lot of things that come play, injuries, things like that, uh, offensive line. I mean, you remember the system that you're in, too, even but, just the way that the way that they coach you up to and the, well, the system you play in makes a difference. Like David Carr, you know, he was. I think he could have been a great quarterback, but he went to Houston, expansion mm -hmm. team, right. and it messed him up, shell-shocked. Yep, too many sacks, and, too many hits. And so that, that could happen like Trevor Lawrence. But I think if I'm going to call bust on these five quarterbacks – there are going to be busts. I'm just going to make these predictions. So next year, two years from now, when we do a podcast. I can say that I was right or wrong, or wrong. And I've been wrong. I've been wrong on my life only once. You know when that's been? Have I told you when I've been really wrong? This is the only time I've ever been wrong what? about a prediction. This was a big swing and a miss. So years ago, I was at Purdue. My sister cheered for Purdue. So she knew a lot of the football players, and we're at this bowling alley. And my sister's freshman year, um, Billy Dickens started. And they actually had a good team. They, they went to a bowl game and stuff. But they had this backup that was a freshman that hurt his knee, and his, his name was Drew Brees. And we were bowling one night. And this is, you know, Brees' freshman year, so he was not playing. He was kind of like red-shirted. So we're bowling, and there's this guy with a big mole on his face bowling next to us, a little guy. And my sister said, you know who that is? Did you know that is Drew? I said, no. She's that's going to be our quarterback next year. His name's Drew Brees. He's from Texas, and he's supposed to be really good. And I looked at him, and I laughed, and I said, God, you guys are going to suck so bad. I go, that little that little guy can't – he's too small to be a quarterback. I said, you guys are screwed. And she's like, oh, he's supposed to be really good. He hurt his knee, and that's why he kind of slid to us. So as you can tell, I was very wrong because he ended up being a hall, he's going to be a hall of famer. <laughs> so one you know, of the best ever, of course. Occasionally, you know, you're you're wrong, and you can't judge a book by its cover, obviously. But um, you know, I, I'm just going to call a bust with Trey Lance. Um, I'm going to call Zach Wilson a bust, and um, I'm going to call Mac Jones a bust right now. And I'm going to say the other two will do okay. I don't know if they're going to be like you know all stars, but I think they'll be okay. Okay, moving along. Uh, Kyle Pitts went to Atlanta. Uh, obviously, they, they needed, had a need at tight end. And Kyle Pitts got the highest rating that we've had for a tight end that ever, has ever come out of college, from what I saw. And uh, Obviously, he is unbelievably fast and big and has all the, all the skills to be a star. Uh, what do you think about Kyle Pitts? Well, this tight end class across the board was kind of weak this year, except for him. Um, so if you want to get a good tight end, you had to draft him or the guy from Penn State. Um, but he, from what I've heard from certain people, they said that he might have been the best player in the entire draft. Yeah, I heard that like, too. Like, if he didn't take out quarterbacks, because quarterbacks always get inflated. 
But in terms of just a player, they were saying that he's probably the best. He had the highest rating of anybody in the in the whole draft class this year. Highest rating ever for a tight end. And I watched that, um, hey, hey rookie, welcome to the NFL. I've been watching that last couple of days because I like to I like to kind of see the stories and the play. They follow like four or five players if you've watched it, but he was on there. And he he is a wide receiver in a tight end's body. He runs like a, in the four threes, which is unbelievable for a tight end. And um, they said that he's just um, the best tight end they've ever graded in the entire. And I, I've heard this from very reputable people. At first, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. You know, I think of all the good tight ends they've had. And then I heard a couple analysts who I really respect, and they said the same thing. We watched film, and he's the best we've ever seen coming out of college. So, yeah. you know, as long as he doesn't get injured, that's that's the way the NFL, the tight end has really become, I remember when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s, tight ends weren't that. You had a few good ones, but that was about it. No, uh, Gonzalez, but really they were a lot like Kerry Cash for the Colts. They were blockers, you know, make a, make a catch here or there. But now the tight end has become a very well-used position and, and the fullbacks are gone there, there are no fullbacks in fact my draft book they don't even have a fullback section anymore. <laughs> fullbacks are extinct because now what they can do is they can make a tight end an h-back and they just right. they shift him around yep so yeah i think he's seems like a nice guy I, I think he's got good character he's got all the intangibles locker room guy except he's got talent um also in the tight ends i always like to talk about you know some other guys tommy tremble i was hoping the colts would take him at Notre Dame, he did go up the second round. He's going to be another one to watch, you know, as yeah. time goes on. I'm really high on him. He was underutilized at Notre Dame. Great blocker. Didn't really catch the ball a lot, but he's pretty fast. I don't think they used him enough. And Book mm-hmm. Book wasn't always able to get the ball to him. But, yeah, I, th- I think that it, overall the tight end class was weaker this year. Um, you know, they talk about the stronger classes. You know, I guess quarterback was a strong class. Um Strong class for um, wide receivers and tackles. Yeah. Uh, some of the other positions, you know, defensive tackles were bad this year. Safeties were not real good. Cornerbacks, pretty good. So, I mean, it was a pretty solid – I mean, coming out of a pandemic, this is going to be kind of a, a tough year to evaluate. There's going to be a lot of misses this year because you just don't have as much film to watch. Right. I mean, the Pac-12, I mean, they played five or six games. IU played six, six seven games. I mean, that's not – like a normal season, you play 12, 13 games, so there's not as much tape on some of these people. So I think there's going to be more misses. So it'll be interesting to see. But overall, this was a good a good draft class, I thought. Yeah. There was a lot of talent. We'll talk about a couple more teams, and then we'll wrap up. So i got to talk about the other evil empire for me, which is the Philadelphia Eagles, arch rivals of my Dallas Cowboys. Um, uh, Philly always is when it comes to draft time, they're always aggressive. They're always looking to trade up or trade down or do something. They always seem to make a splash. And they, they this year they traded with my Cowboys. They needed a receiver, and we, we traded down with them, which was just odd. But I, I think it was a, a, a good deal. Um, they, they traded up to get the Heisman Trophy winner, De- Devontae Smith. And he's a spectacular player. I mean, if you watched him at Alabama, I mean, he is special. Um, I guess my thing with him, just if I'm going to point to a weakness, is just he's just not very big. It's like Marvin Harrison size. Yeah, he only weighs yeah 165, small guy, but an amazing talent. Can make all the catches. He's explosive. So I think that was a great pick for them. Unfortunate to say that. 
I look at the rest of their draft. They drafted offensive line, which they needed. They didn't protect Wentz last year. They had real, of course, a lot of that was injuries. They had all kinds of injuries. They took a defensive lineman. They took a corner. Um, you know, just kind of looked at their draft. They're very solid. Uh, they they seem to hit all the needs that they have. And uh, I hate to hate to say that, but just that's just my feeling. I thought they had a good draft. What are your thoughts on Philly? Well, you're going to like what I have to say about Philly <laughs> because you don't like them. <laughs> Philly is, first of all, the fans are trash. They booed Donovan McNabb. They booed when Andy Reid got hired. They're I would a tough never, group. They're, they're a tough group. would never want to play there. I like Jalen Hurts, you know, and hopefully he does yeah. okay. But I think that it is a terrible place to play. Uh, I, I don't see, I can see why Wentz wanted out of there. I, before I hit on the draft, I also, the coaching, <laughs> I was surprised they hired Nick Sirianni from uh, the Colts. Um, I don't think that was a good hire. I watched the press conference, and it. I thought when the Lions coach did his press conference, I thought, oh, it can't get any worse than the Lions press conference. It can't get any worse. The guy was talking about biting off kneecaps and chewing cartilage and spitting it, and I thought, oh, uh, that's the worst press conference I've ever seen. And then all of a sudden, I watched the Eagles press conference, and he came across as he's dumber than Forrest Gump. I mean, he just... Uh, we're just um, gonna win, and we're gonna uh, play. Uh, uh, well, uh, 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 oh my lord! Like you got hired as a head coach, at least have some cliff notes to read. I, I, I think that he is in way over his head. He is not ready to be an NFL coach. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if they just wanted somebody they could use as like a Manchurian candidate, like a puppet. <laughs> but I, I don't think you need to worry about the Eagles because I'm telling you, they're gonna suck. Right here. They're not going to be good at all. But the bad thing is they're going to get another top five pick next year. <laughs> okay, but anyway, going back to the draft, uh, Devonta Smith is, I mean, the guy's excellent. Once again, another great personality. Um, you know, some receivers can be prima donnas. Some of them can be um, egotistical. I mean, they're, they're kind of a high-maintenance position. But he is really, I watched this thing, and I think the guy, there's a guy that's like a father figure to him that cut his hair. And they were interviewing him while he was having his hair cut by this guy that was kind of like his mentor from home. And um, they were talking about how he wanted to quit football when he was a sophomore in high school. He just didn't want to play. He was too small. And this guy kind of encouraged him to keep trying, to keep playing, keep working at it. And um, I saw somebody that's real humble, hard worker, didn't come across a prima donna, um, listened to people, took people's advice. So I liked the pick. He was electric. Notre Dame, I mean, he, he he torched us. We could not – we had a good defense. Notre Dame had a great defense, and he killed us. Just killed us. So, he's small, but if he's smart, he'll play like Marvin Harrison did. And that's right. – you catch the ball, and if you're going to get – don't fight for two, three yards, go down, go out of bounds. Um, he'll probably add probably five, ten pounds. But Marvin Harrison was probably – I'd say 170, 175. I know they list him at 185, but he was not 185. <laughs> so, I mean, the size is not a concern as long as he's smart and he gets his butt down. Um, so, that's my take on that. We'll look at one more team here as we wrap up. We're going to look at the Detroit Lions, another uh, team. I have a lot of family in Detroit, so I always follow what the Lions are doing. They've been, like the Jets and the Bengals, for the most part, have been a disaster organization. Um, for years, I've looked at their... Their draft picks year in and year out and just been shaking my head. And I know a lot of the Lions fans have as well. But fortunately, as we start their draft this year, I was thrilled with their pick. They took the top lineman 
which they need. They needed that help to protect Jared Goff. We know Jared Goff is a solid quarterback, but he's not amazing. And we know uh, when Matt Stafford was there that they had constant problems with protecting Stafford. It makes me feel bad for Stafford a little bit that they draft a lineman when, right when he leaves. But I think it was an excellent pick um, for them. They took a running back later who has some promise. I didn't look at their draft as much as some people. Um, but I'm just thrilled with their with their pick uh, of, uh, at the start. And we'll kind of see uh, as, how those other picks pan out. I want to get your thoughts before we wrap up on the Lions' first-round pick and other picks. Well, the Lions, well, they didn't pick a receiver, which was surprising, right? Because that's what they used to always that's do. That's what they do when they don't but, need it. I think they're once again. I think they're screwed because their coach is an idiot. Um, <laughs> he's a blowhard. I think from from that standpoint, the Lions probably won't be good. The the pick was good. I mean, the offensive tackle was they got a top number one guy in the draft. They got him at seven, which is great because he was supposed to go at four. Most people are saying by four he'd be gone. Um, one player that I've kind of followed because he Notre Dame recruited him, and he didn't go there. He went to USC. Was St. Brown. Um, St. Brown comes from a family, three brothers, uh, Equiminius, he's for the Packers. Um, their dad was a uh, Mr. Olympian, and I thought he was really dangerous when he was at USC. I, I didn't like him because he didn't go to Notre Dame, but he hurt us. Every game, he had 100 yards every time they played Notre Dame. So they got him in the fourth round, and I'm telling you, he's going to be a sleeper mm-hmm. wide receiver. Yeah, I think he's yeah. pretty good, pretty tough. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think they did okay in the draft, but I think that they just really – it's another just bad – it's a bad organization to play for. I mean, when your best coach in the last 20 years has been Caldwell, <laughs> Caldwell was the best coach they had, and then before that it was Wayne Fonts. But, I mean, it's, it's – they just aren't – the culture that, – that's the thing about the Colts. They're trying to create a winning culture with good people, good or a positive place to, you know, play. you got to want to come there. I don't feel like the Lions – it's just not a good culture, not a good place to play. So we'll, we'll see. Well, Drew, uh, we're out of time. I really appreciate you coming in and, and talking about the NFL draft and look forward to having you back during the NFL season. It's only a few months away, which I know you're excited about that. Yes, yes, I am. And, and it will be um, another interesting year. Yeah. So thank you for being here. And everybody have a good day. We'll see you next time.